January is still hard even in Texas. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Listeners, to another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. It has such a lovely cadence to it. I am one of your hosts, Wendy, and I am joined, as always, by the inimitable, the uh, amazing, the adorable Melissa. She's right over there. Why, hello. <laughs> way over here. Way, way, way over there. Yeah. Way On the other here. side of I 35. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, in between us are uh, Iowa and Missouri and Kansas and portions of Minnesota. Oh, I forgot Oklahoma. And uh, portions of Minnesota, people... portions of Texas. That's, it, it, there's a good chunk of Texas. Yeah. Um, like five I wish hours we could of Texas. Forget Oklahoma. It's just sort of in the way. That's yeah. its state slogan Oklahoma, <laughs> we're in the way. They have um, some good truck stops, though. I'm. I'm all right and actually, with that. Oklahoma City is quite delightful. I it do is. actually recommend Oklahoma City. I haven't been to Tulsa yet. Someday. Yes. Um, anyway, that's how I feel about that. Uh, so, <laughs> hello, we are back. We are going to uh, share some movies that we have recently watched and maybe talk about some a couple of things that brought us joy. And Melissa was just yeah. visiting her friend in West Virginia, and they watched I all was. these movies. So I'm very excited to hear, Melissa, what movie do you want to talk about? Well, I've been actually catching up on, uh, trying to catch up on Oscar stuff, uh, just, you know, the stuff that's on streaming, easy for me to go after and watch. And um, so, you know, th there's good stuff, there's bad stuff. I watched Maestro and it's all right. And I, you know, I saw other things. Hey, Wendy, have you seen Poor Things yet? No, not yet. Okay. I will hold on to poor things because I feel like the two of us could have a discussion. I, I think... am very excited to see it. I do okay. want to see it. It's very meaty and I think you and I would enjoy a discussion about poor things. So we'll table that for now. And um, the reason I still follow the Oscars is because I like to complain and there's always something to complain about. <laughs> And, but, you know, it also gets me to watch, you know, the various award season movies and some are good, some are bad, but every once in a while, there's something hiding in that uh, nominations list that is absolutely bug fuck nuts. And I found it. I found okay. it, Wendy. Which one? Nominated for Best Cinematography mm -hmm. is a movie called El Conde. El Conde. No. El Conde. This is a movie. It's about Pinochet, the dictator of Chile. 
Oh, famous and, from Evita, yeah. the musical. Yes, go on. Wasn't Evita Argentina? Oh, no, you're right. I am. I apologize so so much. Pinochet, that's the one that Sting wrote a song about, right? Pinochet uh, murdered a fuck ton of people. He's a yeah. terrible dictator. But anyway, I learned it's so a- much about the world through music and musicals. So I <laughs> Anyway, I, as far ahead. as I know, there is not a Pinochet musical. Not that Thank I'm God. aware of, but um, uh, Sting did write a song about the disappearances under Pinochet, if I remember right. Yeah. I could be oh, yeah. absolutely there were wrong. Thousands. Horrific. So anyway, Pinochet. I need it's a you black to pause white... one minute. I apologize so much. I'll be right back. Okay. do, 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 do. I do apologize. They were they they were removing our gutters for the install and they needed to talk to me. So Okay. So uh Ramble Ramble Pinochet so, Pinochet, awful person. Uh, El Conde is a movie, it's a black and white movie, uh, very well shot, about Pinochet. Except this is a movie that posits that Pinochet was actually a hundreds-year-old vampire. <laughs> oh, I was not prepared. Okay. Nobody is. It's amazing. Okay, so, so yeah, this... This movie is fucking great. Um, I'm sure that if you lived in Chile during the reign of Pinochet, you might have other feelings about this movie. You might think it glib, but I don't think it's glib. It's a dark comedy. It does embrace the fact that Pinochet is an awful person, or as it as it posits, a vampire. And it is set after Pinochet's reign, where basically he has faked his own death and then, uh, you know, revives himself and he and his family uh, come together at this remote sort of, uh, uh, on this remote island, some sort of compound where they basically meet to divvy up the assets. And, And then, meanwhile... The church chooses a nun for a a secret job where she is to enter into these talks as an accountant and carefully position herself to kill the vampire Pinochet. Oh, okay. (laughs) An accountant assassin nun versus vampire Pinochet. Um, um, and it is gorgeously shot. Gorgeous. It's not, it's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes. We talk about movies like this all the time, but it's usually because of Fantastic Fest, not the Oscars. I know, right? (laughs) I, I am stupefied at why it would not have been at Fantastic Fest because this is Fantastic Fest's jam. It is my jam, certainly. 
if I had seen it at Fantastic Fest, it would have been my favorite things this year because my God, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's it's on Netflix. You can watch it. Oh shit! Okay. Yes. I'm adding it yes. to my list right now. Yeah, it's super great. I really enjoyed it. Oh my god. <laughs> right? <laughs> El Conde. El Conde. All right, and I'm going to make a quick note here. Vampire Pinochet. Yeah. With, you know, like assassin assassin nun who doesn't. Yes. Right. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, world. Oh, to oh to live in such times. Thank you, these. Oscars. Thank you for recognizing <laughs> that a movie about Vampire Pinochet is actually gorgeous to watch. It really <sighs> is. It's That's amazing. That I mean, it sounds magnificent. Um, of course, I do have a lot of movies to catch up on for this oh, year. But I think that just uh, made the top five. Yeah, oh, right yeah. now you should yeah. watch it it's easy yeah. it's it's not very long either if i remember right it, it i mean it breezed by and like i said it's pretty it sure is pretty yeah. <laughs> i am wow okay right okay what would you cool. like to bring to the table this week wendy um okay i i got to see a sneak preview oh. of Mads Mikkelsen's latest Ooh. film. And this oh. is Mads doing, you know, because he kind of bounces back and forth between Hollywood and his home country, right? Yeah. And doing films in his in his home language for his home country. Um, so this is one where he is speaking in his home language, right? Which you cannot remember what it is, correct? No, I cannot. I feel like it's, <laughs> it's I feel Dang. like he's Swedish- but I could be flipping wrong. And I, uh, it's Scandahoovian somewhere up it, there. Yeah, I mean, I he's up there. It's either and, Denmark, Sweden, or Norway. Uh, I don't think it's go, Denmark. Go right ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fact ch- check this, Wendy. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so it's called The Promised Land. And he, it, he is Danish. He is Danish. Oh, I... F- <laughs> I'm like, I don't think he's Danish. Oh, he's fucking he's Danish. Danish. Mm-hmm. That actually does, that does actually make more sense then. Okay. Because of what the movie's about. This right. is a historical drama, 17th century, Denmark. Huh. Um, <laughs> well, there you it, go. <laughs> it is um, about, well, it's, it's that it's a little confusing because they keep talking about the king wanting to settle and um agriculturally develop the the heath of Jutland, the Jutland okay. peninsula which right. is um uh geographically agriculturally it's it's like you know the the york moors or like the steppes in that like yeah. it's this sandy soil that grows scrubby little grasses but nothing else and they've right. tried for decades to um, settle it and nobody's been able to grow anything and so they've kind of given up and the reason why i say it's confusing is if they made it clear which king i forgot pretty quickly like okay and the that those countries around there were fighting all the time around each other and because the character that mads is playing 
um, has a German name and they keep talking about bringing in German settlers. Mm-hmm. So it's for, like, well, I don't know who's king. But anyway, the king Well, wants... and up until fairly recently, Germany was just an assemblage of little fiefdoms. So Yeah. Yeah, and everything um, was being handed around. Anyway, and as Americans we, we know shit about Danish history, so <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. and you kinda don't need to know because mm-hmm. it's you just need to know nobody's been able to do this, and here comes this army veteran saying, I will do it. And he goes to, mm-hmm. like, the cabinet of the king, and he's like, uh, give me leave to go do this, to go s- try to settle on the king's land. Um, and they're like, uh, no, we're not going to give you new money. He's like, I'll do it with my own damn money. Just if I'm successful, you're going to give me a noble title. And they kind of talk privately. They're like, well, he's not going to be successful, so sure, promise him a no- noble title. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Go away, bud. Sure, whatever. Um but then when he gets there, there is a local petty lord um, who's not really noble, but he he's like nouveau riche, but he wants all the all the fancies to think that he's cool and stuff like. So mm-hmm. that's going on, and he's trying to clear the land and settle. And this guy is like, "That's my land." It's like, "No, it's very clearly the king's land." No, that's my land, and you're gonna you're gonna sign this document that says that you that it's my land, that you are my tenant, that all your farmers are my tenants, and that you will give me 50% of whatever profits you make. And he's like, the fuck I will. And huh. that's the basic starting point. Um, okay. So the easiest thing to tell you is, like, first off, it's Mads. And he's yeah. doing the stoic thing that he does, but he's so fucking watchable that even with no expressions on his face, you're like, I'm still so fascinated. Um, right. It feels like... Um, like in terms of the conflict, the conflict is very Braveheart. It's very epic in scope. It's a historical drama, but it does have a happy-ish ending. But it's heavy. Like at the by the ten, by the end of the movie, I was just like, "Whew, that was a lot." Like I'm not bummed out, but like I definitely need like an amuse bouche. Uh, of like the hangover or something really Mm -hmm. light to sort of resettle things down um it's i I mean if you like historical character dramas like there's so much to like about this uh it's great character arcs of course there's some very like thematic developments and where Madge's character is by the end like is saying something very like very true and profound about you know what what is success and getting what you ask for right Mm -hmm. um and along the way there's some really great conflict and some good character stuff yeah so I I recommend it you know, with okay. the caveat that it's it's a historical drama. There is no part of it that is going to be surprising, but it's still very well done. And Wendy, what is this movie called? The Promised Land. The Promised Land. Okay. Yeah. I may have just missed that. Okay. I know I did say it, but okay. also it's something else in Danish. <laughs> <laughs> of like, course. I don't think it opens till next 
weekend or it or it was opening this week past weekend or this week or something i got to see i got to see a sneak so okay awesome um, awesome and it always helps to close the discussion with the thing that you know reiterate this is called the promised land so if you're interested in it you don't have to like rewind five minutes and yeah that's true re- um yeah. so anyway folks the promised land yeah so there we go <laughs> like I feel like they're definitely the beats kind of match up the way the conflict, you know, with the with the land, the landowning guy very much feels like the same sort of type of conflict in Braveheart. And mm-hmm. yeah, but um, but no drawing and quartering at the end. <laughs> OK, great. <laughs> right. A lot happier. Yeah. So, much. Melissa. Yes. What has brought you joy this week? <laughs> So, yeah, you probably know what I'm going to talk about. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I think I do. Yes. So, as Wendy said, I was out of town for about a week in West Virginia, uh, hanging out with my friend Ian, uh, who I call my road manager because often he travels with me and makes sure I don't get into trouble. Unfortunately, <laughs> he missed getting me into trouble this time because uh, a couple days before I left... About midweek, around like Wednesday night, I said, hey, I really enjoy these four old paperback Agatha Christie books that I just read, which I bought for about three bucks at a used bookstore. And I love their uh, uh, their artwork, you know, the, the like the Dell publications of Agatha Christie from like the mm-hmm. 40s, 50s and 60s. They have these wild uh, artwork on the covers. And it's like, I like these. And then, oh, approximately 12 hours later, I had progressed from, hey, I like these four paperback books I own, to, I think I gotta own them all. (laughs) Because, of course. All of them. Because I have four, therefore it is a start of a collection. (laughs) And therefore, I must have all of them. And I I had a really slow day at work on, on Thursday. (laughs) <laughs> so there was no. nothing in my way. Oh no! So I, st- I started hitting eBay for because you know you can get bid lots of you know beat up old paperbacks. Because I'm not looking for pristine stuff. I'm looking for stuff just to amuse me, and it doesn't have to be pristine. I just like the object. I love I love old books that are kind of beaten up and they smell and and you know have a, you know a little well worn and you know that's great. And yes, I am going to read them. Anyway, you know, there are bit lots of like 10 Agatha Christie books for five bucks, 10 bucks. Yes, I will take that. And so, you know, of course, my brain has gamified it by this time. It's like, oh, okay. So if I get this bid lot and this bid lot, it uh, covers all these 12 books. There's like a couple duplicates, but they're different covers. So I'll get both of those and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I made some purchases and then promptly left town. <laughs> My husband, Fess, as usual, stays at home when I'm traveling. And uh, I did not tell him what I had done. And as I was at the uh, airport about ready to step on a plane, I went, oh, should I? Should I inform my husband that... <laughs> approximately 70 to 150 Agatha Christie books are going to show up. 
And then, uh, you know, I actually posted this online and all my friends went, no, you know the answer. It's no. <laughs> and so I leave town. Monday comes. And uh, I got a couple of notifications that a couple packages have arrived. So as usual, this is normal. You know, either Fess or I, you know, message back and forth. Oh, I think a package arrived. And so Fess was home and I said, oh, I think a package arrived. And he sends back a photo and he said, some? Because <laughs> there were like eight packages waiting for me. Of course. <laughs> and throughout the, the week, more arrive. He's lucky that the lot of 58 was one that I didn't win because that was going to be even bigger. But anyway, I get home and there's approximately 15 packages back at the Christie books. And so I, I finally informed him after I got home of, okay, my dear, this is what I did. And that's what in, is in these. And I start slicing them open and like showing them this pile of books I have. Approximately 70, I think, is what that total is. There's more coming. Anyway. Um, and bless him. My husband. This is why he's my husband. After I explained this whole thing, and he's watching me sort these books, he says, you know what you have to do? I go, oh no, what? He goes, you need to do a boudoir photo shoot with you just covered in books. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. And that that is why I have married my sweet husband. That that is exactly the sort of person I married and I love it. That, my friends, brings me joy. Also, uh old book smell brings me joy and Agatha Christie novels bring me joy, but mostly <laughs> it's my husband's <laughs> acceptance <laughs> of my brain when it starts getting the goblin tones humming through it and going, I must have them all. <laughs> all of them. All, all of them. them. All 45 of them. lava lamps, hundreds of Agatha Christie. Mm -hmm. Please mm -hmm. note, Agatha Christie wrote about 75 novels. And there's US versions and there's UK versions. Oh, no. Oh, my. And of course, through the de decades, they have... They have different variations on the covers. Anyway, um, mostly I'm just um, aiming for the Dell paperbacks. But anyway. That that brought me joy, just listening to that. Uh, oh, yeah, you're one of a kind. I mean, thank goodness. But Thank goodness. <laughs> don't, don't give me power over anything. That would be very bad. Very bad. Um, Leave me to my own devices. Just put me in a corner and I will accumulate. The, Just, the fact okay. that we still allow you unfettered access to eBay is honestly <laughs> a testament <laughs> to optimism. Really? Uh, yes. Yes. I, I agree. This is very, very similar to the time when I had a lot of insomnia one week and started uh, buying coinage but only from countries that no longer existed. Yeah. Yes. And only if the coins were like under a dollar a piece. <laughs> that was a wild few weeks. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's enough about that. So, Wendy, what brought you joy? Um, I would like to talk to you about the Secretariat. 
Ooh, the the horse. Yes, it was a horse, but it is my new favorite cocktail. Thank you, Cargill. <gasps> oh. It is. Tell Melissa, me, tell me. That this <gasps> cocktail is going to be the cocktail that I make pictures of in my retirement. And I am uh-huh. just going to be the drunkest old woman because it goes down so easy. It's bourbon, lemon juice, and maple syrup. Oh, nice. It is nice. so drinkable. And if Cargill's feeling <laughs> fancy, he sprinkles some cinnamon and nutmeg on top. But it doesn't oh even need that. Like, no, you these are dangerous drinks, <laughs> my friend. And yes, yes, they brought me joy. Um, and in fact, when Lori Richardson came down to visit in December and we went over to Cargill's and we and he made secretariats and now Lori calls them horsey drinks. And <laughs> I have just I have decided to join in that. So I'm like, because I was hanging out with the Cargill's over the weekend, I'm like, Cargill, my good man, could I please have another horsey drink? And he's like, I make you a fine cocktail and you reduce it. <laughs> To a horsey drink? I believe what you meant to say was, Cargill, my good man, could you possibly make me a secretariat? And I said, yes, exactly. Cargill, my good man, I need a <laughs> horsey drink. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we had a very good time. I feel like the variation where there's nutmeg and cinnamon on top could be the sea biscuit. Oh, I you love get, it. You get the secretariat and the sea biscuit. I love it. And you could put a you could put a little sugar cookie with it. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. I like how you uh-huh. think. Uh-huh. I like that. I like that. Uh-huh. You're welcome. You're welcome. And then and then maybe uh, Toby Maguire would just like mysteriously appear in the room. That might be a problem. Yeah, actually. Uh, but we should I... try this just for science. And if Toby Maguire shows up, hmm. Maybe maybe instead of Toby Maguire we'll just get uh Randy Newman who wrote the music for Seabiscuit. That um, would be but cool. But what if we got um uh the guy who played the trainer who doesn't do much anymore these days. Um Oh yeah. Oh, uh, dang it. What's his name? That guy. Anyway, that guy. Yeah, it's fine. That guy. So, yeah. yes, that okay. brought me joy this week. So <laughs> All right, that's that's our episode then. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. thank you listeners for joining us here in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Yes. Um, and we hope that you find joy in your, wherever your dome may be, your domicile. hey <laughs> hey And once again, I have been one of your co-hosts, Wendy, joined as always by... Melissa! And we will uh, bring new movies and joy to your ears next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wake and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive almost every week. You can find us on iTunes and on other podcatchers. You can also visit us and listen at our website, xanaducinema.com.
It's a win-win. It's a win-win-win-win-win. It's a win-win-win-win-win.